granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Shut your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Kleiber. Uh, really fun, exciting episode this week. I'm re- I am. I'm really excited uh, to have one of my good f- comedy friends on, one of my favorite people to hang out with and talk to till five in the morning about politics or the history of the mafia or the French Revolution or hip hop and break dancing or just to make each other laugh, ripping on each other's moms. It's my friend Brett Ernst. That's what I'm talking to today. You may know Brett Ernst. I mean, he's been in the show Weeds. He was on, um, he was on the uh, uh, Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy tour. He's, he's done all kinds of things. He has a new special coming out very soon. But very funny guy. One of the most fun guys to see live. And uh, we get to dig into it, guys. We get to dig into it. And this is part one of a part two episode because Brett and I just talk a lot, as I just said. So that's fun. Uh, but part one... Uh, we kind of, um, we kind of get, we get a little, you know, we get a little deep. We get a little deep. Uh, part one is really talking about growing up and, uh, dealing with a lot of bull crap growing up. Uh, it's going to be fun. And then part two will be out next week. And part two is a lot more about comedy. It's going to be a lot more about comedy and, uh, believing in yourself. And basically it's like a lot of advice, like straight into my heart. So that's fun, right? And uh, why Brett doesn't have kids. Maybe he's going to have kids. I don't know. Uh, we talk about that and about family. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, listen up. And of course, you can check Brett out on brettearnst.com. That's Brett with one T, by the way. Uh, Brett with one T, like Brett Michaels, not Brett Favre. Because uh, apparently Brett said that Brett with two T's is a girl's name, like Brett Butler. But I know lots of Bretts with two T's, but whatever. It's his name. I believe him. Uh, so yeah, Good Times with Brett Ernst. This is part one with Brett Ernst, just FYI. And before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of my sponsors, Ignite Hospitality. If you're a comedian and entertainer, check out IgniteHospitality.com. They barter hotel rooms for you. It's amazing. Call Adam. Find Adam. He runs Ignite Hospitality Services. You can look him up on Facebook. You'll find them. Trust me. I'm pretty sure it's IgniteHospitalityServices.com. I should know this stuff. But tell Adam I sent you. Amazing. I I book hotel rooms all the time. And when I need to pay for them, I talk to Adam immediately. And I get hooked up. Uh, A couple months ago, I stayed in in Chicago for like $20 a night. Uh, It's amazing. It really is awesome. I just booked another one. Uh, where am I going? I'm going to Louisville, Louisville. I'm staying in Louisville for 20 bucks a night, uh, a weekend that I'm booked there. So, but I got a lot of other things going on. If you're listening this week, um, I do got a lot of fun dates coming up little, you know, like, uh, come see me do comedy. I do stand up comedy, by the way. Uh, if you're listening to this Thursday today, October 20th, uh, I'm in Youngstown, Ohio all weekend, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I'm doing a huge fundraiser at the, um, at the, what's it? The, uh, I should know this. It's a, it's a, it's a convention center. 
It's Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio's convention center. You guys know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. You know nothing. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's called um, the Dior Performing Arts Center. Uh, I'll be performing there for the Meridian Healthcare. Uh, really awesome fundraiser for people with addictions. And then Friday and Saturday, I'll be at Mojo's Comedy Cellar. And that's right outside of Youngstown in Austintown, Ohio. So I'll be there. And then uh, I got a lot of fun projects coming up that I, that I can't tell anybody about right now. I'm serious. It's cool. It's good. Uh, but then I'll be in uh, Baltimore at the Baltimore Comedy Factory with Mr. John Witherspoon on November 4th and 5th. So that's going to be good times, right? 4th, 5th, and 6th, guys. Uh, and then I'll be at the Syracuse Funny Bone November 17th through the 20th. I'll be headlining the 17th and the 20th. And the other two nights, I'll be with Pauly Shore. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I'm headlining two shows at one of my favorite clubs in the country, Laughs, uh, Junior's Last Laugh in Erie. Uh, check that out. Uh, and then the Friday after Thanksgiving, another episode of Stand Up Get Down, my stand-up comedy game show with my friend Jason Clark, who you've, heard, you've heard on here frequently. Uh, we'll be doing that 25th and 26th. I'll be in Erie. And then, uh, yeah, and then we get into December, guys, and I'll be in Calgary, I'll be in Texas, uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh for New Year's Eve, that'll be fun. Um, but other than that, uh, you can listen to my other podcast, You Can't Handle the Truth, Movie Reviews with Sean Collier, and uh, in the meantime, you need to check out my producer, Epicast Network. If you guys, listen, if you like podcasts, if you think, you know what, I think I can start my own podcast. You should. You should start your own podcast. You should. You should definitely start your own podcast. Uh, if you want to start your own podcast, you need to talk to Epicast. Okay? Yeah, I'm serious. Email Epicast, epicastnetwork.com slash services. Go check out what they do. You can find out everything they do. And I'll, let me tell you something right now. Epicastnetwork.com slash services. Um, they do not only podcast production, engineering, sound engineering, they do live shows, they do photography, they do live sound engineering. I mean, they do so many things. I, I, do, I would not have a podcast if it wasn't for them. They're a huge part of the Pittsburgh comedy scene in photography, podcasting, video, and audio engineering, show promotion. They're amazing. Live events, any kind of tech things, they know what they're doing. Go to epicastnetwork.com slash services. Epicast, holler at your boys. They're my dudes. The only reason I have a podcast is because of Epicast, and they're really good at it. You're listening, aren't you? Do you enjoy this show? Well, then you will enjoy anything that Epicast would do for you. Uh, well, that's it. Let's start the episode with Brett Ernst, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Really, I love you guys. I'm here with my friend, Brett Ernst. Brett Ernst. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. I'm, uh, I've been trying You're to... You're in my hotel room right now. Yeah, you know. It's always uh, like... Are every... you a good dancer? I mean, a little bit. It's <laughs> We're going to find out. It's been a while. <laughs> I, uh... By the way, this isn't the first hotel room we've, we've, we've been hanging out in. Do you remember? Uh, Remember when you worked with me in Miami at one time? Oh, yeah. We spent some time in my room. Damn, dude. I got to bring up old stuff. <laughs> like, we're together still. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I was like, I, I think I've tried to have you on this podcast a couple times just because, you know, I like I like talking to comedians, how they come, how they came up, uh, like, as a kid. Because I think, like, I tell everybody, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like, everybody does a biography. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. What like do you biography mean, like- podcasts. Oh. But I think it's fascinating, like, why you are a comedian, like, dealing with, like, how you grew up. And I know enough, and people know enough about your comedy, where it's like, oh, yeah, we could see why he became a comedian and not in jail. You know what I mean? Well, I like, mean, I feel like I'm like that, too. Like, if I didn't have my wife or comedy, I would be, probably have AIDS and be in jail. Well, it was, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd be in jail. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, you get in a lot of trouble in your early 20s, yeah. and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I think you grow out of it, you know? Some people grow out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, but I still know some pieces of shit that didn't grow out of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> but I think if you're smart or, you know, somewhat intelligent, you'll be able, you, you could see that, you know, sure. It's going to go nowhere. Sure. You know, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I got lucky. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel lucky. like I did too. I, I got lucky a couple of times in my early twenties where, you know, it could have been, uh, uh, I would have went. Well, I mean, I was on trial before, but like you know, I would have only done a year. Oh, that's it. But I'm saying it's just <laughs> it, you know, I'm saying there there's a few things that could have. Yeah, sure. You know, all, but I think I eventually I would have ended up here. Where yeah, I'm you think? Now. Yeah, yeah. Where where was the point where like uh, you know, I'm trying not to be biographical, but I don't want to like just dig into like, hey, so <laughs> like where where was the point where you were like. I'm going to do, I'm going to do comedy and stop messing around. Well, I, uh, I mean, I always, I always knew I wanted to do it. Like uh, people that knew me growing up, especially like, cause I moved around a lot. I went to 15 right. different schools, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you ended up graduating what in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, well, yeah, I, well, I was born in New Jersey, then moved to South Florida, then back to Jersey, then back to Florida. So my middle school years, I started middle school in Florida because sixth grade's middle school in Florida yeah. and then moved to Jersey, but then sixth grade was elementary school. So I went back to elementary yeah. school. And then when I moved, then seventh and eighth, I was in New Jersey and then I was going to start ninth in New Jersey and then moved to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I was I in went Florida ninth, tenth, ninth through 12th and then left again. Right. Yeah. I think I went to five schools in like three, third, fourth and fifth grade. Um, yeah, but most of my schools, I, I went mostly elementary schools. I went, to, I went to one high school. I was very fortunate. My older brother, I felt bad. He had to go to three. Three high schools? Yeah, and he Ugh. went to four middle schools. Ugh. But, you know, it's, we, we had to move around a lot. So. so that's, like, I know for me, like, I always want to ask my comedian friends, like, what made you a comedian in a way where it's like, I know for me, like, I've said this multiple times, just opening up with people, like, you know, like I was abused as a kid and then I moved to a rough neighborhood and then I was like, I only know how to get along by being funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the white kid in the projects. I was like, I don't know what else to do. I don't feel like fighting anymore. <laughs> like I'll be funny. So what, like what made you the funny kid? Uh, it kind of, I, w- I would say kind of the same thing. I mean, I, I, I fought a lot, but I didn't get, I don't know if I got picked on. I mean, I guess you do. But it was like regular shit. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Like, like it not, wasn't like I was getting the kid teased. getting teased and picked yeah, on. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know. Everybody I, does. I mean, I, you know, I had some, I used to get tried sometimes because, you know, I was a white boy. But uh, but once you throw hands a couple of times after that, you know, everybody pretty much knows that, you know. That's true. You, you'll throw hands. So, that, yeah. you know, it wasn't like. Um, but, oh, uh, I, I used to be on the free breakfast program. Oh, yes. I was on free lunch, free breakfast and shit like that. Yep. And then we would all sit around and I, I, I was just good at mama jokes. Yeah. 
And um, plus I was, uh, you know, sitting on the bus, like when I got bussed in. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd just be on the bus cracking jokes with all the, with all the bad kids yep. sitting in the back of the bus, you know, making fun of people. And that, that, that's how I, I knew I was very good at, 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 you know, the mama stuff. Right. Like I, I, it would, I, it would always be me and like 15, taking oh, yeah. on like 10, 15 kids. Oh yeah. I got knocked out a few times. I was doing that shit. Yeah. I've been punched a couple of <laughs> times trying to be funny. Like I, I was, yeah. I would mostly do Going characters. Huh? I would do characters. I would go in and do like characters from a living color and they'd be like, Clive is crazy. Come on, Clive, do that thing. Like it was always like goofy like that. Like always trying to like be a character. What? Well, I, I mean, I, I just would I just would I, I just would go too too far. Like I mean <laughs> in, in the jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was this dude that, that we had, uh this kid that I used to hang with that had really fucked up hair. And uh like I drew a comic of his hair solving mysteries. Right? <laughs> <laughs> his hair solving, solving mysteries well i used to make fun of him all the time man he, he was a tough kid too he was like one of those kids nobody really wanted to fuck with and uh and and we we i talk about this on stage but we, we were sitting around and uh and we were making fun of each other's moms and everything and you know just making fun of each other and then um he tried to jump in with some whack shit like he he said some corny shit and now, mind you, his hair was all fucked up, right? It was a black <laughs> kid. It was a black kid. Um, but uh, it was uh, his hair was all fucked up, right? But it wasn't like nappy. It was. It was. We, everybody made fun of it, but behind his back, yeah, it was weird because he was trying to get the fade going, you know, back yeah. in the day. Anyways, long story boring. Uh, he tried to come in on me, and he said some. I forgot. He said some whack shit, and then I then I was like, I told him. I said that's. I told him. <laughs> The true story. I told him I said, yeah, baby eagle hair, right? Like you ever see a baby eagle? With like, yeah, they have this weird hair before the feathers come in. And we had saw a video in science class of the ba of a baby eagle. I remember, I remember going, to my boy, I said, yo, it's Delante's hair, you know. And uh, yeah, everybody fell out laughing, and that's pretty much the last thing I remember. Oh my god, that motherfucker caught me. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I I got dropped, man. I have. They, a uh, oh wait, they said I snored. That's funny. Yeah. You got a snoring knockout. I got That's not, a good I got, one. I got dropped a couple times doing them because, you know, there's some guys that they, they, they couldn't take that. The name, you know, they weren't, they were trying oh, yeah. to jump in, but you, you know, you keep going and be like, Hey, stop playing now. Oh yeah. Cause you get a whole cafeteria laughing. Oh at yeah. I, I, they don't like that shit. In sixth grade, I, don't like that. I went through the same exact thing, which I, I only needed one occurrence for that to happen where I was like starting to go in on the gym class, like cutting up on this one dude. Sixth grade, already nicknamed Rumpy, right? Already Rumpy. People from, that I went to high school with know exactly what I'm talking about. And just ripping on him, he knocked me out. I remember here hitting the floor. Don't even remember. And I remember consciously thinking, you know, I'm just going to be funny. I'm not going to, like, try to be tough and, like, rip on people and just consciously, like, yeah, I'm just going to be funny now. Yeah, I think I, think I, f I fucked up because I, I tried to, um, I, I wanted to be tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before funny. Sure, yeah. Funny was an afterthought to me. And, yeah. then, and then, you know, I was, I played football. So, I, you know, I was always trying to be one of the toughest or be one mm -hmm. of the best in that area. Yeah. When I should just focused on being the funny kid. But, right, I, right. I, I, but funny was an afterthought. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. But I was always, always in trouble too. You know, I think they all go hand in hand. It's very similar uh theme with comedians yeah yeah you know? oh yeah oh yeah i mean were you uh 
I always like to know, like, were you were you bad getting in trouble in school? Was yeah. it like bad? Yeah. Because I know you got some stories where, like, I know for me, like, like I never I was, bought a gun to school. I never, right. brought, you know, I didn't bring drugs or anything. But uh, right, like, there's some of our friends that were like the ones that were swearing and spitting on teachers and hitting them and stuff. Yeah, like, well, I, I, um, I had words, <laughs> I had words with uh, a coach. Um, I had words with a coach one time, but, um, no, it was more. Uh, there's always know, that difference of being a cut up than being like. Someone well, like that, I, like I did, uh, I mean, just fighting all the time, like, you right. know, but th everybody did. I mean, it was always right. a fight, like in the main yeah. hallway and cause a dude will step to you, you know, like I had my sneakers, I had my sneakers stolen, um, and I had to get them back. And I remember my, 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 uh, you know, I was raised by old school Italian dudes. Sure. You know, I mean, my grandfather and I had a stepfather later on, but he would tell, he told me, he said, look, you gotta get those shoes back. You understand? He goes, if you know, you just swing first. Yeah, I was always was taught that. My grandfather always told me, just swing first. And he says, and if you can't beat them, you find something to beat them with. You get those fucking shoes back because you got to, you know. Yeah. And um, so like I, I, I mean, I like that type of stuff was over the line. Like, but it was only fighting. Yeah. Right. You know, which that happened again. It was everybody. Sure, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. everybody. Like, yeah. Every every kid. And, you know, in my school, I don't know, it's still kind of rough, but I went to, I went to school in uh, Lauderhill, on mm -hmm. Lauderdale Lakes Middle, mm -hmm. which is in, uh, is in South Florida. It's, yeah. it's always been a rough school. Yeah. Then I went to middle school, at number four school in Passaic, New Jersey, which was, uh, you know, it's still, it's still a rough school. Yeah. Um, so kids were always fighting, but then I, my bad stuff was like, uh, like I stole like the grade book. I changed all the grades. <laughs> Uh, I robbed the, uh, we, we had the candy money. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we've done that. Yeah. We'd distract the lunch lady McDonald's. and then grab the money out of the tray or. No, no, no. We, we had candy. Like, oh. you know, you sell candy and shit. Oh yeah. 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 yeah oh like yeah. Candy yeah. sales. And then, I stole like, candy sales money out of people's coat rooms. I robbed the book fair. That you got to see Brett live and hear the book. You tell that on stage. Yeah. Well, I, I did. I, I took fair. the car. Me and this, this kid, my friend, and <laughs> we took. Now that this was at elementary, this is at Castle Hill Elementary, and that's in Deep Side Lauderhill, which uh, you know anybody listening, if you're from South Florida, you you know you know those areas, and um yeah, I figured out where they parked the the cart. Yeah, and I fucking went back and I housed everything. Um, but a lot of stealing. I, I was always caught stealing. I you know I stole a lot, but I never I didn't get caught a lot. Um. Yeah, I mean, but it was just, you know, I'm always curious to, like, see if, like, uh, you were, like, the really crazy kid, like, that were, like, uh, no, the teachers was, were afraid of. That's good. No, they, they, I was, I was a very, I mean, I, you know, I calmed down, believe it or not, more in high school. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in elementary school, I was, I was, I was a problem kid. And middle school, yeah. I was a problem kid. So do you think it was the, 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 the environment like that, like, moving back and forth? or I think it like, was a lot of things, man. What about, like, what was your family like then? That made you kind well, of like raised by my mom, right? But, you know, because uh, I can I can relate very much so. Uh -huh. But like, what do you what do you do? You think it was just like lashing out? Like you think it was just or product of the environment? Well, like I said, I think it was a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it was the uh, you know it, it was uh, moving around a lot. Right. You, know, you always want to impress people. Sure. Know, yeah. So oh yeah. Part of me loved, I mean, part of me loved it. I'm not going to lie. I love getting Oh, there, yeah, there's something about it. 
no, no. Exciting. I'm telling you, I I, I loved it. I yeah, love yeah. getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is, um, you know, I was going through some shit. I I, I didn't realize it, uh, you know, as a kid. But you act out a lot. You know, oh, like absolutely. I was, I was acting out. Yeah, that's why. Like, I always find it interesting that like, and I feel like some comedians don't know sometimes. Like, they don't like realize like, oh, I am the way I am because of this. You know what I mean? Because I look at like, oh, like I'm a comedian. I like attention. I needed love when I was a kid. You know, like weird shit like that. You think about that and you're like, wow, like, like, man. I just think I had a lot of anger, man. Yeah. You oh, know? for sure. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's for me. I mean, I'm just talking about me. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I know I, I had, a, I had a lot of anger issues. Yeah. You know, so, um, but I was mad at, you know, fucking. At everything. Well, my dad, you know, shit with my father and then, right. you know, and then, uh. Because he took his life, and then, mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, just stupid shit. Like, you know, I was just always, I was an angry kid. I was, just, I, I, I couldn't emotionally filter things. You know, right, I, mean, yeah. I, I never went to therapy or anything. I'm just saying, right. I, as you get older, you look back. Like, like I, I remember when I was teaching, I ended up, you know, substitute teaching and right. working in schools, and then working, you know, helping out a lot of kids, and, um. You know, and I look at some kids at a certain age, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Oh yeah, I was that age when I stole a car, or I was that age, and then I'm like, seeing their problems and how they're they're dealing with it, and then I, I you know, and I, if I put myself in there, like, I looked at myself as a teacher and a counselor, you know, for these kids, mm -hmm. as if I were counseling my little self. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, man, that that must have been pretty heavy for that right, kid right. to have to deal with. Right. So uh, I kind not put myself through therapy, analyzing myself. I would find common denominators with kids, right. you know, and 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 I could see, and I would think to my, you know, going, wow, like I remember, you know, when you uh, when you counsel or you work with with kids in mm -hmm. in human development, the three most stressful things for a child is moving. Moving is huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, parents getting a divorce mm -hmm. and then losing a parent, mm -hmm. you know, and and that was like one, two, and three. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, being in a violent area and, right, right. and there was a lot of drug addiction too. Right. You know, around you know, there, just drugs. Everywhere. And you were moving all the time. Well, that was the one. No, that's very stressful for children. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Not not having that stability to keep moving. Right. But I will say this: uh, when I first stepped on stage, it all made sense. Right. You know? Yeah, it kind of does too. It's I, I feel like, uh, especially if you go through a childhood that's kind of nuts, like you go through a lot of bullshit. It feels like once you find that uh, that comedy on stage, you're like, oh, this is it. Like this is this is like. Did you find like comedy like was the first like one of the things well, that truly felt you like made you complete? Well, here's the thing: I didn't know. First of all, I didn't think I had a bad life. I still don't. Right. You know, because that's all I know. Right. That's like when I talk about. You know, like a fish doesn't know it's wet. Like you, you right. don't know that it's dysfunctional. Right. You just think it's normal. You think everybody goes through these things. Sure. And to be quite honest with you, um, a lot of the kids that I grew up with, they were all going through some shit too. Sure, yeah. So you just figured everybody did. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, I, you live in a rough neighborhood. Everybody's going through some bullshit. Well, see, the thing with Florida is that, like, we lived in apartment complexes. So you, you get busted into schools. So, like, you mm -hmm. didn't really, I mean, there were neighborhoods. Yeah. But I was raised in apartment complexes. Yeah. So like there were kids in the apartment complex. It was a lot of single moms. Right. Um, again, you think it's the norm, yeah. you know? And then, um, and especially in the 80s in, in Florida, there's 
it was just it was it was it was it was a weird time, man. Like yeah. there was a lot of single parents, a lot of latchkey kids, a lot of drugs. Yeah, I mean, I think more then than than now. Yeah, you know. Um, and again, you just think it's normal. Like that's why when I when I met my wife and and you know you meet normal people. <laughs> yes, uh, completely you, can relate. My like, wife the same way. There's like so many things that that you don't. Like I never been on a fan like the, the vacation thing. Yeah, and, is that know, is like, that weird to you now? Let, let me like you're you're married. You don't have kids, right? Uh, because I can relate to this completely. Is that I meet my wife and she has this normal family, like mom and dad, like, and I'm like, what the f like? Are you were you attracted to that a little bit? Like that that like what you feel like that this normal life people have? Like you didn't go through all this. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I definitely uh. You know, it was definitely cool. Yeah, right? You know, it was definitely cool. You're absolutely right. Like, family vacation, Sunday dinner. I'm like, wow. But, like, everybody, you know, everybody has, everything's relative. Right. You know, so, because obviously nothing's perfect. Yeah. But the fact that it's imperfect is the reason why it's perfect. Mm. That makes any sense. Sure. Perfection's imperfection. I'm not trying to get deep or anything. I'm just no, saying. No, no. When, when you, when, when the things, the Things like the, have to be imperfect. It's like the chaos theory, like how things have to be kind of crazy to make sense. You know what I mean? Like the, well, the everything no, lines what, up. What I'm saying is, in your flaws is the perfection. So, sure. Like put it like this: if 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 everything went your way, then that means somebody's not getting their way. Like you know, right, if I right. got every job I went out for, right. that means whoever I went up against is not getting is not getting the job. Yeah. Right. So it, everything's a balance. Yeah. You know. And, and, and so there are people, everything's relative. So, you know, you can meet somebody that may seem to have it together, but they have their problems, but sure. their problems mm -hmm. may not be as bad or as serious as yours. But, but to them, but to them, that's their, well, it's yeah. the same thing with me. Like I could, you know, I, I thought that when I met my wife's family, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, she has a dad. Yeah, you know they have a right. guest room. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like you know they have a like everybody a has the same home. last name. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> yeah, vacation home, whatever. Uh, but but there were kids that had a way, 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 way worse than me. Sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I do always say I feel like you would say the same thing is like you wouldn't change a thing. No, like no. people are like, oh, you regret like going through some of the stuff. I'm like, no, because it made me who I am. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy I ended up on the end that I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thankful for that. I mean, I, I would obviously want some people to still be alive. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, I believe you see him again. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it, it all translates, you know, comedy. Uh, I think me moving and it did help me in my success in a sense where yeah. I'm, I was so used, I'm so used to traveling and and uh you know i was so like when you get into comedy if you don't if you you know you have to you you lose you don't make a lot of money right so you have to learn it's almost like being a college student and getting your mm. 30s yeah you know yep so I, you know i'm delivering pizzas at 31 i didn't care i, right. I didn't didn't matter to me i was right. so used to this anyways you know? yeah like, i always say that too like like uh some of my close friends are always you know saying like oh you know working in comedy it takes all this hustle and i'm used to that it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me hustling it also doesn't bother me not to have anything it right. does now right but see here's the other problem that happens with that is 
you're so used to struggling that you get used to struggling and then oh sure but when you have success you you don't get you 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 got to learn how to break out of that um lower class mm. comfortability yeah 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 if that makes any sense yeah do you like you, if you want to step your game up start hanging out with millionaires start sure, hanging sure. out with people that um are not okay with being broke right because there is something that happens where you get used to coming up short on something and right. then, you know and, 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 and it is it, you don't realize it but right you become more comfortable with that you got to learn yeah if you really want to step your game up you got to learn to hang out with people that don't have that type of mentality that's not right. okay right 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 with with uh you know delivering pizzas right 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 you know you and ever, i think that that's that that can help you with the success no you're absolutely right i mean do you ever find did you find yourself at a point too where you uh like almost like you have some success and you want to keep like like making it hard on yourself you're like no i'm gonna keep work doing this and hustling and like but no you don't have to relax well that's that's kind of the uh that's kind of yeah it's, that's kind of what what, I, what i'm trying to say I yeah guess. That yeah, there there was times like you know a lot of shows people would call me. I mean, I I would do, I had this motto: I would do any show anywhere, any place. Yeah. And if I could get up two, three times a night in L.A. if I'm not on the road, and I mean now that I'm married, it's different. Right. Now now you know I'm a grown man. Yeah. I'm home with my wife. I'm not right. out. But when I was single and a comedian, I would do three, four shows, try and get up. I would right. do the worst show, like the worst rooms to the A rooms. Yeah. But it didn't matter. I was like, all right. But then I, I had to say to myself, you know, I got to stop doing these shitty rooms. Right. You know, because I thought it was helping me with my material. I, I, right. It had a purpose. Sure. And now that it's done, I, you know, I, it, I'm not going to get anything out of it anymore. Right. You know, so I, I don't like I won't do any room now. Now right. I, I have to say no to some gigs now. Too, I think you reach a point, too, where you start as a comedian, like you start thinking, too, like, you know what? I can't take every, you know, I got to like you got to set a bar for yourself. Well, that's the thing. You're afraid you're not going to make money. So you're like, sure, right. I'll do that. Sure, right, I'll do right. that. Sure, I'll do that. Sure, you I'll do that. You got to take those steps where you got to kind of set that bar. And you got to learn how to say no. Yeah, yeah. And, and you got to learn to turn things down that. You know, but like if you're not a comedian, people may not realize it, but you know, you, you, you do these bar shows that are just fucking horrendous. <laughs> yeah. But what you get out of them is, you know, it, it's tough. Like, you know, it's a tough thing. You have to learn to do comedy to in front of people that are just pretty much fucking assholes. Right. Yeah. But once you learn, you what, there's only so much you can get out of that. Oh, yeah. Once you can get out of that, the ability to just command a stage and command a crowd. Right. Once you've got that skilled tone, there's no reason for those rooms anymore. Right, right, right. Other than it's just going to piss you off. Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, that's when you reach a point, too, where, like, you know, we're in Pittsburgh. I'm from here. I came up here. And uh, people are like, oh, why don't you, uh, oh, you don't come to this mic anymore. I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't even, I can't even deal with that anymore. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. The other thing, too, is that, you know, if these people don't know, like, sometimes people, one of my favorite videos is that video of uh the violinist you ever see that in the subway it was the world's top oh yes violinist. yes, yes, yes. And, i do remember you sharing that yeah and, that's and they, right and he was playing it in the subway and he's right. the, the world's best and people are just walking by they, they you know they're like 
because they're assuming that this guy is just uh, a street performer. Yep. But then there was a, a person that worked at the for the New York uh, Philharmonica that know, yeah. knew who he was and couldn't believe he was in the subway right. and was sitting there listening. And then there was a couple people that uh, that could hear the music. Right. But most people were just like, "Fuck this guy." Right, they didn't right, realize right. that they were that the best violinist in the world. Yeah. Is playing. Yeah. They couldn't recognize the music, and the setting wasn't fitting for that. You know. Right. And, and now, if they were told who that was. Then they may have been different. It's the same thing. You have some of the best comedians in the world that sometimes would go into a uh, into a bar, mm -hmm. a bar to do a bar show for yeah. a set or work something out. Mm -hmm. And these people may not know who they are because they may not know right. they're not on TV. Right, right, right. Because they automatically assume if you're a comedian on TV, you got to be the best. When in reality, that's not always the case. Right. And, you know, and there, I've seen a lot of good comedians. Oh, for sure. That are, I mean, legendary comedians getting disrespected by some fucking average person, below average, miserable person. Yeah. And. All because they're I, and, trying and, to work out at a bar show. Right. And they're just there at a bar show, not, yeah. not knowing that, oh, wait a minute, this guy was just, you know, yeah. on comedy says ranked as one of the best comedians. Yeah. You know, people know who he is. Yeah. Uh. And, you know, you just see like it just and, and it gets to a point where it becomes more detrimental to your growth. Right. You know, and you push you don't have to deal with that shit. But it is true. Like a lot of people don't realize like they think the best comedians, you know. Are, are just on TV, which we all know that's not the case. I mean, oh, yeah. eventually it all comes out in the wash. I mean, I think it, it, it may take longer. Yeah. For some people than others, but sure. like, you know, my best friend, my buddy Sebastian, actually just texted me. Oh, yeah. He's just in People Magazine now. You yeah. Know, he just, people just featured him. I mean, he's starting to sell theaters out. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Big J Okerson's getting recognition now. Yeah. Yeah. Big J. But there's great. guys like Bob Kelly, Dub David off. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember three years ago, I was at the comedy store and me and Sebby, Sebastian, one of our favorite comedians, I would, I mean, he's a very good friend of mine, been a friend of mine forever. Um, was Les is Leslie Jones, and we mm -hmm. would I would watch her. I remember her being in the kitchen one time and just getting so frustrated, like you know, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, you know, and and I'm thinking, how could this person be so good at stand up comedy, and nobody is recognizing it? Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that. A lot. Um, well, I mean, like and I, you... but eventually it yeah. happened. She got right. on Saturday Night Live, and then she was, you know, and then the rest right, is right, history. Right. But, you know, it, it was in three years she went from uh, me lending her money right, yeah. to, to becoming one of the biggest, you know, yeah. comedy actresses in the world. Yeah, yeah. In a three-year period. And it's funny how many conversations we have as comedians with people where they're like, you know, they'll just be like, oh, they'll see Louie on TV. You know, they're like, oh, Louie. And I'm like, you know, oh, you got to see Bill Burr. And they're like, who the fuck, who's that? Absolutely. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you, I go, you need to go watch Bill Burr, Maria Bamford. Like, what do you? Robert Dude, Kelly. If, if like, you asked me seven years ago, the best comic in the country is, I would have told you Bill Burr. Yeah. And then if you would ask me who, who's my second or third, I would have thrown Sebastian in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and still there's there's some like you know Bob Kelly, Robert Kelly's fucking. I just worked with him like Dude, four days Jesus ago. Jesus Christ, man. Oh yeah. I I I had a set at the factory one night, and uh, and in in a very good way, he went up. And pretty much countered two of my jokes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and was just so brilliant 
and 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 how and what he was saying and how he was articulating yeah, yeah. it. And again, you know, it, it's very difficult for me to be to be objective because these people are my friends. Right. Yeah. You know, so of course I'm rooting for them. Sure. Yeah, but no, you see, but people these are, are the best. Oh yeah. This is the best. Co- this oh, is yeah. the comedy is the best it's ever been right now yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, Mitz, uh, Jamie Masada said it. Mitzi Shore said it. Mm. Um. That, oh, I always, I always shout out um, Todd Glass too. Yeah, Todd's like amazing. I love Todd, and I'm like, how do people not like? I brought him in town, and I'm like, how do people not know who this is? It's crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Well, I mean, well, look, not everybody understands. There, there was a two, two people. This is a true story. These two couple came th- Thursday night to my show, and had never been to a stand-up show before. Wow. But then they came back f- last night. Yeah. They brought two more people. Mm. Who had never been to a stand-up show and they're like 25 yeah you know yeah and they, they said yeah we were here last night and you know and i'm like they're like that was that was such a i says you have no idea what you just opened the door for like i'm right. your first show and you right. think that's what you brought i said wait till you see this person yeah yeah you know there, there's 50 comics out there yeah that are f- that, like that are amazing yeah, you can that, almost like pull them over to the calendar and be like, well, then come back and see them, them, and absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're, you're going to forget you saw me. Like, it's like you're all of a sudden telling somebody about bands. Yeah, like somebody, it's exactly what you're it like, is. You're like, oh, wait, you like this kind of music? Oh, wait, you got to yeah. hear this, this, and this. You know, they, they were like, I've never seen stand-up before. And I'm like, well, just wait. You know, yeah. this person's coming and this person's coming. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, what? you got to see these people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you'll, uh, you'll, you know, you'll forget you ever even, even, even saw me. Like, and it's funny, too, because you can, you can always recognize, as much as you think that you want to be the best you can be, you know what I mean? There's never, I don't think even those guys think, like, you know, no matter where you're at, those guys are like, oh, but they're the best. You know what I mean? You can't, There's no such thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can always. Like, what's the greatest band of all time? I would say Led Zeppelin. Okay. And you could name another five. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, point. absolutely. When but, there, there's certain things, when comedians can come, there's certain milestones in stand up. I mean, I've been doing it 20 years. Yeah. Um, there are things that happen to you along the journey that that let you know that that will help you in success. One sure. to me is your first real corner is when you stop worrying about what you're putting in your act and mm. you start worrying about what you're taking out. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. Another, another step, another corner is when you, you become okay with silence. Yeah. When you're not just trying to kill, when you're trying to say something and you have the crowd's attention. The most important, the most important thing, and I've never had this problem because I, I've been an athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with, I, I know how to compete mm-hmm. with friends. Right. But the beautiful thing about stand-up is you're not, comp- I'm not competing against other comics. Right. You're competing against yourself. Yeah. It's like golf, you know, where you're trying to outdo your own performances. You're, 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 sure. you're last, you know, you're, you're trying to outdo your own thing. So when you focus on that, when you start to realize that, but I, I'm, I'm only competitive with myself. Right. Like, in other words, I don't give a fuck about what you do. Right. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I try to, people always ask us that they're like, oh, isn't, is comedy like real cutthroat and. And I said, not amongst us. Like the only the only thing for other comedians, I look at what other comedians sometimes do, and I'm like, oh, I wonder. Oh, that's that's. Uh, I should try to do that. You know what I mean? Like I should try to go after that show or that club or that festival. Oh, that's interesting. 
really it's like we're competing with like the industry and bookers and like that's who your opposition is that's like who you almost are fighting well i mean I was talking more um, artistically. Oh, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, where, sure. Where, like, but yeah, I mean, there is, there are things, like, if I go in an audition, you know, I'm, uh, fucking kids next. I've been listening to that all, all. Growing that business, dude. <laughs> banging on, this, 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 this to my left. Yeah. Little kids to my right. They, I don't know what the hell was going on in that room last night. Yeah. But there was some serious, serious shit going on. Sometimes that's fun. Oh, uh, that's fun. I tell my wife, and, and I'm laying in the middle yeah. watching The Flash on Netflix. <laughs> I uh, like whenever I travel with my wife, you know, uh, she'll come to like a late show, and you walk back to your hotel room at like one, two in the morning, and she's like talking. I'm like, no, no, no. you can hear people clipping. Here, just walk down the hallway and see how many people are banging right now. <laughs> no, but the, uh, the, I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah, artistically. You're, you're, I, yeah. But artistically, I'm saying when you're okay with the silence, I, I was just talking more about the stand-up itself. Sure, yeah. But when you can really, when you also have to understand, my, and a very good friend of mine, and it's funny, when this kid, Gerard Carmichael is a very good friend of mine. and uh, Yeah, hilarious. And he, you know, obviously I was doing comedy longer than him when mm -hmm. he moved out to L.A. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's just like any other comics, you all hang out and, and, Anyways, but now, you know, he's, he's become so successful now. I mean, he has a show on NBC sure. and he's starring in the new Transformers and, um, but it's weird that, you know, he's younger than me and had been doing comedy less, but he had an, an, a perspective, which, you know, I was usually giving him advice, but mm. then I learned from him mm. and he was pretty much, uh, helping, well, he just said that, and, and he made me realize something, which I kind of knew already, but he articulated it great, mm -hmm. is that the comedy table is infinite. Like, there's not a limited number of seats. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. So, it's not like, oh, we've already filled this. Oh, it, it, in art, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. In art, it's just, there could be, a, like, getting back to rock bands in the 70s, there was so many amazing bands mm -hmm. that, you know, none of them sounded the same. It was all unique from Zeppelin to Van Halen to Pink Floyd to even fucking Ario Speedwagon to right. Kiss, you know, but it was just such a good amount of music being that everybody ate because uh, you could, you could sell out an arena every weekend mm -hmm. with a different band because they were all that good. Right. With comedy, it's the same thing is that the table's infinite you're just going to bring whatever you're going to bring to that table. There's, right. there's not a limited amount of seats. If that don't makes you, any sense. Yeah. I mean, don't you think though, like some people like think there is kind of not everybody eats though. You know, there are well, people, I, there are people in stages where are, they're fighting for bookings and things like that. But, but see, it's, it, but it's also, uh, you got to get, you got to get to a point to where you can't be denied. Right. Absolutely. By the way, if, if I'm speaking that's my, that's in, in non sequiturs, it's cause I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. I was up, I didn't get to bed till 5.30 and I was up at, uh, at 8.30, <laughs> which, you know, I'm fine. I'm just I saying. I do the same thing. I'm slowing down. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean, though. I mean, and, but, but that phrase is one of my favorites, is that uh, you, you can't be denied. No, eventually, you, it's got, you know, it's got to yeah. happen. Yeah, and if you don't, then it's not happening. Like uh, Leslie Jones, Bill Burr, Sebastian. Um, I can name I can name people that were doing comedy. Right. Look at Mark Marin. Yeah, I mean Jesus, that that guy's. I oh yeah. I mean, 
again, I've known Mark, you know, fairly long time, but I knew, I knew him when he was, you know, up, down, up, right. down, up, down. Right. And he's been doing it almost 30. What do you keep looking at the time? No, my mom and sister keep texting me about, we, I have a family wedding today. <laughs> so I'm like, my mom and sister are having a- I don't have my glasses my on. My mom just, and sister are having a fucking no, conversation I just keep, I just keep looking about at this you. wedding we're going to today. I'm like, leave me alone. That's <laughs> all right, um, I'm getting texts too. Yeah. No, I, you're absolutely right. Because here in Pittsburgh, one of the like kind of, you know, very well-known stories is Billy Gardell about how, you know, Billy, and he said it on a couple podcasts before about it how- was, Gardell was about to work on yeah, DVE radio. Yeah, he was going to come get a job. He was trying to get a job in radio, and, and then he got Mike and Molly. When, when, uh, when the Colts were playing, I think it was the, the Colts and Saints Super Bowl? The last one, the Colts okay. were. So I was at his, we, we, we watched at his apartment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Billy had a lot of success. He was on a, a couple, you know, shows. Sure, and, yeah. And yeah, he just said to me, he goes, I'm done. Yeah. He goes, uh, I'm going to probably do some radio in Pittsburgh. And, yeah. I just booked this pilot, and uh, you know, if it doesn't go, I, I've I've been there. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm almost there again. Yeah, I, I got another two years, I think. What? What? Are you, then like, I'll, then I'll move. I'll move out to move out of L.A. Yeah, not quick comedy. Uh, no, but um, you know. Boom. That is part one with Brett Ernst. I'm sorry this sounds so terrible, but I forgot to record an outro. But part two with Brett Ernst will be next week, and we really dig into more comedy and, uh, you know, growing up. So get on that. Also, of course, check out IgniteHospitalityServices.com and also EpicastNetwork.com slash services if you want to make your own podcast. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. That was dramatic, right? That was good.